Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, morning. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I know they had said that, uh, you know, that's what's up. All right, so just going to get to it. Um, oh, the kids actually have children's church, so they are dismissed to go to, to children's church, you know, so <laughs> not the toddlers, though. So keep the toddlers here. The kids can go, though. Bye. <laughs> oh, um, Lord, we just lift up our children of KLM, Father God. We thank you for them. We thank you, Father God, for the them being good ground for us to sow into, Father God, to raise kingdom citizens, O Lord, kingdom leaders, kingdom businessmen and women, kingdom businessmen and women and doctors. I just thank you, Father God, for uh, just giving us those children, Father God. You desire godly offspring, and we're grateful that you've given us them as blessings. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So I came, well, I was talking to PD, and this this verse actually uh we came across this verse, and, you know, he told me that he wanted to start something every Sunday, right, because the Word tells us to, right? <laughs> and um, so I'm going to read the scripture to you. It's actually uh, 1 Timothy 4.13. Four, yeah, 4.13. And he tells Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching, Right? So Timothy was a young man, and uh, he was, you know, needing instruction and leadership. These are one of, one is this one of pa Paul's pastoral letters to the church. And he tells him to, to preach and teach, but also publicly read scripture, right? And um, so what I wanted to find out why I was in, like, because I'm like, all right, well, we all read the Bible. We all know how to read by ourselves, right? Um, PD's going to come preach and teach, and he's going to give us the word. So why is the public reading of scripture important, right? So... First of all, in 52 countries, people can't publicly preach the scripture, right? It's either illegal by jail sentence or death, or it's marginalized or banned, and, and they can't do it. They actually, some countries actually have to print the Bible on T-shirts because they can't read it out loud or have the book in their hand, right? So we're blessed in, the, in this area where we can actually, wherever we are, especially in church, publicly read the scripture, right? Also, it's been a something that's been going on since Mount Sinai in Exodus, right? Moses read the law out loud to the people, right, as they gathered in community. So, and also another thing that I think it believes, that I believe it helps us with is, helps us focus, right? Um, I was in church one time, and I was in church with somebody, and when I got home, I seen that they posted like six different things on Facebook. So I was like, okay. It must have not really been paying attention as much. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so, you know, as we baptize our mind in the word, right, we just hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So I'm going to read um, Philippians 2. And I'm just going to read Philippians 2. I'm not going to expound on it. I'm not going give, to give a message on it. I'm just going to read Philippians 2. And as you guys sit there and listen to the word, let it wash your minds, let it prepare your hearts for the sermon, but also ask God while, you, while you're listening to it to bring you revelation, right? So let me turn there. Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed him on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with the father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will also come. I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him to you, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I might be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all the joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. We thank you, Father God, for the reading of the word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so um, I believe that the Lord has given me a word for you, and I, I, we're going to continue. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Thank God for all the consistent fathers. Not just every, I mean, I, I know we honor all fathers, but we especially honor those who are consistent, who are present in their children's lives. Amen. <clears throat> Purpose-driven grace. That's what I'm going to talk about. Purpose-driven grace. Can y'all hear me well? Okay. Purpose-driven grace. We've been, we, the last time I spoke, I, we spoke about st um, stick with your anointing. Hope you're I hope you go back and listen to that again and again. I listened to it and got ministered to again. And I, I think of this. I, I listen to almost every sermon that I preach. Why? Because I want to make sure that I said everything that I needed to say. Not that I can go back and change it, but I wanted to see if it ministers to me, then it's going to minister to you. Right? And that's, that's the way I look at it. If it doesn't minister to me, we need to trash that sermon and don't let it be published. And so um, we've been talking about, I thought I was, it was a one sermon standalone, but I realized that it's, it's more than that. And we need to talk about finding your place, functioning in your grace, fulfilling your place in this kingdom of God in the world. And so we're going to continue along those lines, and we're going to tie it into Father's Day as it relates, and you'll see this in a minute. Father God, I come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time I need. I thank you for the opportunity to serve KLM week in and week out. Lord, I, 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 I thank you that you, you bless me and I get to serve KLM. Thank you. Thank you for leading me to serve such a great people who serve an awesome God. Thank you. I thank you. I, Lord, I thank you that you have called me for such a time as this. You have anointed me to be your mouthpiece to your people. And I pray that you would deposit, grace deposits into their hearts and their spirits. That 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, and even in eternity, they'll reflect back from today's message and have, have walked it out, lived it out in such a way that they have rewards. Lord, I don't, I pray, I, I'm not praying only that they'll make it to heaven and only takes faith in Jesus to make that happen and by your grace, but I pray that they'll get to heaven with some rewards. Father, I pray that they will fulfill the plans and the purposes of God upon their lives, that they will not just barely make it in, but they'll get there with some crowns, some rewards, so they can honor you in a greater way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I break the power of complacency, complacent Christianity, lazy Christianity, 
procrastination, um, procrastinating Christianity. I break the power of those things over your people. And I speak, uh, Lord, I'm asking for a grace to serve, a grace to stand, a grace to, to go wholeheartedly after you. Father, I pray that you'll give them a strength and a, a mighty fortress, a, 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 a mighty empowerment so that they can fulfill the call that's upon their lives, that they will not die full, but they'll die empty, that they'll run their race, they'll finish their course. And I, 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 I pray that they'll live long they have quality of life. They'll have financial um, satisfaction. And they'll have um, holy, holy satisfaction. Lord, I thank you for a holy ambition to fulfill your plans and your purpose and, and, and operate in their graces and operating in that, that, that anointing that you've placed upon their lives. Father, I, I, I pray that you'll deliver all of us from distractions, those things that have got us off course, those things that have been, whether it's the, the television, whether it's the internet, whether it's friends, whether it's the phone, whether it's reading other materials, I pray that, Lord, you will give us a dissatisfaction for that which you, have, you are displeased with, and you will increase a satisfaction of those things that you are pleased with. Oh, God, in the name, come on, lift up your hands because that anointing is here. I thank you for adjusting things in their lives now. Oh, Lord, you said you will cause the crooked to be made straight. Uh, where there's confusion, there will be enlightenment. I, I thank you, Father, for clarity of mind, clarity of path, clarity of heart, Oh, thank you, God. I praise you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you lead your people into the plans of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would abort the plans of the enemy. They will abort their plans and fulfill the plans of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more wasted time. You told us in Ephesians to redeem the time for the days are evil. Help us to redeem the time. Make most of the time that we have on the earth. Father, may we not have wasted years, wasted decades. God, I pray that we won't waste things, but that we'll be a good steward of the graces that you've given us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Father, I thank you. That which will rob us for five years, or even a year, even a month, I thank you for delivering us from that. Deliver us from unreasonable wicked men. Deliver us from strange women and strange men. People who are sent from the enemy to drain us. People who are sent from the enemy to, to get us caught up in sin. People who are sent from the enemy to get, get to speak lies and, 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 and to get us off our eyes off of Jesus. Lord, kill the idols. Kill the King Uzziahs in our lives. And may this year, this month, before we enter July, we'll see the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tear down the high places and be Christ. Christ, be glorified. Be the sinner. Be the Lord. Be the King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. And I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Somebody just saved some years. The Holy Ghost just saved some years of your life. Years of wasted time, wasted money, wasted energy. You won't be going into circles like the children of Israel, 40 years wasted instead of going into the promised land. If you'll listen to the Spirit of God, he'll lead you into the promised land. Glory to God. Thank you. What do you call that? Utterance. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, recently, we, we, we've been, the Lord has been enlightening, um, increasing the anointing of word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It's not just what we hear from the Lord. It's also the timing of it. It's the how. The, the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God when he gives us instruction. You're not to do everything that he speaks to you by his spirit right, right away, unless you feel that, that, that prompting is there. But you are to 
the timing of it. How many know you can be out of the will of God, even though the thing may be God, but the timing of it could be off. Timing is just as important as the what. It's not just the what of God or, you know, the will of God be filled with the knowledge of his will. But he goes on and says, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to know men how to move. Just jump ahead. Amen. Amen. It's better to be behind the Lord than to be in front of the Lord. So sometimes when you go and do something ahead of God, then, you'll, then people say, oh, then it wasn't God. It might have been God. Timing was off. Maybe it's not the will of God for you to go back to school right now. You heard that to go back to school wasn't now. So don't only get the what of God, the when of God and the how of God. That you know when or the timing of it. Amen. The rhythm of grace. Glory to God. That's for somebody. A man of God that I honor and so forth, he said, he prayed many years ago for the spirit of sin and the spirit of knowing. The spirit of sin and spirit, that's Ephesians 1. The spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing. We need to pray that for our church. And then the rest of the remaining time, I began to pray prophetically. I think sometimes we pray prophetically instead of prophesying, which is a lazy way of declaring a, a safe way to say thus does the Lord. That's for somebody. Sometimes you shouldn't just pray it. You should declare it. Amen. Don't be afraid of it. All right. And so I began to minister to him. And I'm telling you, that gift has been increasing more and more. I just know things by the Spirit. Not trying. I'm not reaching. Some people, they reach. <laughs> Do y'all understand what I'm talking about? Spiritually, they reach for stuff. The Lord says you're going to be blessed. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> the Lord says uh, there's some hardship come. Oh, that's the whole life. Uh, the Lord says joy is going to come in the morning. Well, that's the scripture. <laughs> y'all, y'all understand that, right? So, so don't, I'm not asking you to reach for something. You don't always have to give a prophetic word every time you pray. Because sometimes some prayer meetings end up becoming a prophesying meeting. It shouldn't be that. It's prayer meeting. And we got to train everybody here how to pray corporately. What you pray privately, you shouldn't pray corporately. There's some things I would never pray publicly because there's secret things between you, me and God. And the way you pray privately, you shouldn't pray publicly. And the way you pray publicly, you shouldn't pray privately. Come on. Right? Learning how to pray and how to flow with the Spirit. That was not in my notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Purpose-driven grace. Everybody say purpose-driven grace. Okay, say it with some gusto. Purpose-driven grace. All right, we've been talking about uh, stick with your anointing, sticking with your anointing. And today we're going to talk about purpose-driven grace. There is a grace that God has given us. We we, we receive grace at salvation. We receive grace to stand, according to Romans 5. And we receive grace to serve. There's different kinds of grace, the different operations of grace. The ability to teach is a grace. The ability to pray is a grace. The ability to give is a grace. The ability to witness is a grace. The ability to do your job is a grace. The ability to be fathers is a grace. Come on. The ability to be mothers and children and students and workers and employers. All of that's grace. We, it takes grace to function in if God was to remove his grace from us, we will see how much we are in need of that grace. And do you know you can increase in that grace? You can increase grace on your life. One way you can increase grace is, according to James, you can humble yourself so you can receive more grace. God gives grace to the humble. but He resists the proud. You can frustrate God's grace. One job I was at, and, and I was there because I was there. The money, everybody say, (laughs) I was there for the money, and do you know, I was frustrated out of my mind. I was doing it, and there was no grace on me. They promoted me, and I fell miserably. I prayed, spoke the word, trying to make it happen, and I was out of sync with the grace that was on my life. 
You can be frustrated. You can frustrate God's grace on your life. But today we're going to show, show you how to be purpose-driven grace. And so there's different types of grace, and we need to increase the grace upon us. As we're faithful with the grace that God has given us, we can increase the grace. Amen? I don't know about you. I need more grace. Grace and grace and more grace. I heard a message years ago when I was a teenager about um, Joyce Myers, and, was, and she preached grace, grace, and more grace. I want to operate in more grace than I've ever operated before. I want to increase the grace of God. I'm not talking about saving grace. I'm talking about serving grace. Grace. Strengthening grace. Um, Timothy 2 says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, um, I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be strengthened with that grace. You can receive strength from grace. Whatever you're facing right now, God's grace can strengthen you to endure. Glory to God. Come on. We, I, I, need that. I need some more grace. I need to be more effective as a father. I need to be more effective as a pastor. I want God's grace to be greater on my life. And the Bible says in the book of Acts that how the people of God, they prayed, they gave, they served God, and it says great grace was upon them. What would happen if we had great grace upon us? Glory to God. And I sensed greater grace upon us. Glory to God. I'm going to increase. So that means I need to increase my humility. I need you. That's what humility says. I can do nothing without you. We often talk about the in him scriptures. But we need to be reminded of the in me realities. In me, I am nothing. In me, I can do nothing. In me, I can be nothing. In me, I know nothing. <laughs> That's reality. I need him. And the Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Come, I, come, I don't come bent over. I don't come sheepish. I come boldly because of the blood. The blood gives me boldness. And I stand before God as Adam and Eve did before the fall. Except me, I, I'm seated at his right hand. There's no other creature seated at his right hand. That's Ephesians 1. So I stand and I sit in his presence, only before the throne of grace. I used to think that it says the room of grace, but it says the throne of grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace. It didn't say room. Room is too small for his grace. Heaven is his throne. <laughs> Come boldly before heaven of grace, the heaven of grace. And obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Will empower you to receive. Amen. This is not what I'm purpose to dri driven by. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 says this. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Let's read that again. Paul says, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. How many can say that? By the grace of God, you are what you are. If you are born a male, you are a male by the grace of God. Stop frustrating the grace by trying to be a female. Mm -hmm. If you are a woman, a male with a womb, you are graced to be a woman. Don't frustrate the grace by trying to be a male. Yeah, yeah. Paul says, I am what I am. There's another scripture. He says, I magnify my office. How many know that we need to magnify manhood? We need to magnify, some of y'all need to magnify women, womanhood. Amen? Magnify. Magnifying sin. I, I took the kids to go see, um, what's, the, what's the movie? Um, 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 light It Up or something? From 
like years, yeah. And so we were in the th movie theater. I'm thinking like, you know, it's animated and it's not going to be, you know, a lot of other stuff. Then they had one character had two mothers. So they didn't even stop there. They decided to go ahead and have the two mothers kiss. It's a mess. So let's magnify. If you are a male by birth, magnify your manhood. If you're a woman by birth, magnify your womanhood. I'm telling you, do it up. Do it. Let them be no confusion. Let, them, let it not be any doubt in their minds. You are a man or you're a woman. But not only are you a man or a woman, but you're a man or woman of God. Amen. Let, let, display that grace of godliness. Display that grace of manhood and womanhood. Come on. Display it to the glory of God. I'm talking purpose-driven grace. Amen. We are to be a display of his grace. Amen. When people see us, they see grace in operation. The word, the, the, you've heard me say this definition. I'm growing up. Uh, I, 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 by the way, I, don't, don't get offended by this. I don't like the song Amazing Grace. I, I always hated it since a kid. I hated that. <laughs> I found out a, a slave, former slave owner sung it or wrote it. Um, and it's just like, I don't like it. I don't like the hallelujah. I hate that. Because I, 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 I didn't know, as a kid, I, they used to sing it. And it's, usually it was like they trying to get everybody quiet and in the spirit. Hallelujah. And then later on, you start studying hallelujah. It's, it's a, a celebratory. It's, it's celebration. It's not dead. That, that's dead to me. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be celebrating. Hallowing the Lord. You know, that, that's, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say garbage, but I just, I just don't like, it just, it always brought me, and then amazing grace, and everybody saw singing and crying, I just never liked it, but that's neither here or there, I'm not saying we won't ever sing it, knowing Courtney, we're going to sing it, <laughs> but I didn't know the definition of grace, grew up thinking that grace was limited to unmerited favor. So as a kid, I'm like, unmerited favor. Unmerited. What is grace? Unmerited favor. What does that mean? Unearned favor. What does that mean to a 12-year-old? I don't know. <laughs> Unearned favor. So it took me, I said, you know what? I, I'm going to get to the root of this. Because everybody's talking about grace. What does that mean? The, 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 the definition that stood out that I live by is not the only definition, but it's, it's a major definition. It simply says the divine influence upon the heart and the reflection of the influence in one's life change my life and my understanding of grace the divine influence on one's heart in the reaction or the reflection of that influence in one's life look it up it's in, it's in, I mean you, that's a definition in the Greek that that influence grace is a gift we're saved by grace. He, influencing, he influences our heart, gives us a heart of flesh for a heart of, I mean, exchange our heart of stone for a heart of flesh. Give us his spirit, causes us to live right. We're not saved by works, but we're saved to work. Amen. Grace makes you work. So you see, Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let's look at it. I am what I am by the grace of God. His grace towards me was not in vain. I don't want his, his, his grace to be in vain. You know, grace could be in vain in your life. He gave you something and you didn't utilize it. You didn't discover it. You didn't operate in it. You were operating in somebody else's grace. I, I used to pray. <laughs> For the Lord, I was too scared to kill myself because I didn't want to go to hell. At the time, I thought that if you kill yourself, you'd go to hell. I, and so I used to pray, Lord, take me. All right, don't look at me like you never prayed that before. <laughs> and the Lord said to me one time, he says, listen, I had, a, I had a mini vision of me going to heaven at a young age. And the Lord said to me, what are you doing here? You're here too soon. You have so much work to do, but you prayed so much that it set different laws in operation where you died early. Changed my life forever. So I stopped praying that, Lord, take me. I said, Lord, help me to live. It's easier to pray, Lord, let me go, than it is, Lord, help me to stay and do your will. 
Amen. The, 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 the quick question, oh, let me get out of here. Let me just get out of here. Oh, this is one of, I want to see his face. Well, let's see his face on the earth while we're on the earth. Let us walk with him. Let us be carriers of the, God, the glory and, and, and proclaimers of the gospel. Let us not get, be so quick to get out of here. So many people want the rapture to come yesterday. We got a lot of work to be done. It's, it, let's not have an escapist mindset. God didn't call us to be a utopian, a utopia. He called us to go into the world. Our, the grace should be greater in our lives than the sin that they're in. Lord, let that grace be so strong that it's contagious. That it, 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 is, it is irresistible. That it, 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 it reminds them that, that it allows them to taste and see that the Lord is good. Can people look at your life and see the goodness of God? Can they taste? How do they taste, P.D.? Well, they taste when you operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is not just for you. It's for somebody else. They taste love. They see love. They taste joy. When you come, joy shows up. Hallelujah. Fathers, you can bring joy. Every time you come in the house, your kids should be filled with joy to see you. My, my father, who started his church, he, he would come home, and I just I would have joy in my heart to see him. You should bring joy. When you show up at work, joy. When you're online, joy shows up. Can't wait to read their posts. I'm going to get some joy, some inspiration. If they don't know what faithfulness is, they can look at you. <laughs> Fathers, be faithful to your spouses. What is faithfulness, dad? <laughs> what, what, what does a faithful person look like, dad? Mom? <laughs> Come on. That, that the world and your employer says, what is faithfulness? Who, who what does it feel like to have Jesus work them, you? What does light look like, you? Oh, be the light, Lord. And the Lord says, you be the light. You should be a reflection of who I am. Because as he is, so am I in this world. He's the light of the world, so let me be the light of the world. And he says, be salt in the world. What happens if you get too much salt? You get thirsty. So let's be so salty that it makes the world thirsty for Jesus. Ah, I got to have some more. Give me some. Give me some. Let, let them inquire of the hope that we have. Let, let them say, oh, I, I've tasted the Lord through your life. I've seen the goodness, and I've tasted his goodness through your life because you're operating in your grace. When men are out of their place, the whole family is jacked up. So in place, so things can line up. Divine order. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue with the scripture. It says this. I am what I am by the grace of God. By, by, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them. So grace is going to make you work harder. Grace does not make things, uh, and when I say easier, it doesn't make it, like, it doesn't make you lazy. Grace actually prompts work in you. <laughs> work at your own salvation. Y'all didn't know Philippians 2 was mentioned this scripture, this past, uh, this sermon. Um, work out your salvation, not work for, work out, work it out, live it out. W live out your holiness, live out your righteousness, live it out. Work it out. Grace I receive by faith, and I work it out in my life daily. I, the name of our church, Kingdom Living. We're living out the kingdom. Glory to God. I work hard. The more grace you get, the harder you'll work. The more grace, I never heard that, it came out of utterance. The more grace that I receive, the harder I work. But I realized something. Let's continue. I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, 
but the grace of God that is with me. So his grace increases. So yet I'm working, but yet his grace is really working through me, giving me the ability to work harder. Amen. That was enough for you to go home, but I'm not finished. Let me look at my time. (laughs) Glory to God. Uh, Go with me to Romans chapter 12. We, we, we were talking about stick with your anointing. Romans chapter 12, we're talking about purpose-driven grace. This grace has a purpose. It's not just so you can sing amazing grace. It's so that you can live it out. Romans chapter 12, and let's look at verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, I love the fact that he's, he's basically saying from Romans 1 to Romans 11, I just unpacked the gospel. In light of everything that I said, and in the Greek it actually says, in view of the mercies of God that you just read about from Romans 1 to verse, chapter 1 to chapter 11, I want you to respond as a way of thanksgiving a holy life. We live holy as a result of being thankful. Our holiness is not what we're earning with God. It's a way to say thank you. So in view of what I just declared to you, you should worship him by your body, with your bodies. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Don't do with your body what you want, your, what you want with it, but your body belongs to Jesus. Amen. Consult with the maker. Consult with the owner. What do you want to do with my body? Let's continue. Verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing that you may discern what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Notice it says we're to do something with our minds. It's not enough to do something with your body, but you got to do something with your mind. It says renew your mind. And you cannot fulfill the plan of God, the will of God, the perfect will of God with an unrenewed mind. Your mind got to be renewed. You can pray all day. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, your will be done. Your will be done. And, and put on that Shekinah glory. Say yes. But how I many you know there needs to be a functional yes? It's one thing to say yes in a. In a that Monday m- morning comes, or even before you get into your car, you got to live out that yes. Live it out. It's not, you know, oh, that's a good sermon. Live it out. Oh, oh, I heard from God. Well, do something about it. Act upon what God said. I I felt the anointing. Well, that anointing was not there for you to feel. It's there to empower you to do his word and his will. Verse 3. It says, for by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think sober with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Notice this, that it says that we're to, not, we're, we're to think of ourselves highly. We are, but we're not to think of ourselves more highly. That's pride. Humility is to think of yourself as you are, as he's empowered you to be, but not to think of yourself more highly. That, that doesn't mean to think the worst of yourself, but to think of yourself Highly, according to the grace that you receive. Know your grace, so think accordingly. No one can tell, no one can say, oh, you're a pastor. Duh, that's grace on my life. I've heard people say, oh, I wouldn't wish pastoring on on my worst enemies. I'm like, well, you don't need to be pastoring. Because this is the easiest thing I've done in my life. I love pastoring. When I got issues, people got, members got issues. I'm not looking at anybody. When members got issues, I tell my wife, we are anointed for this. We are anointed to make things right, to counsel, to walk with, to cast out devils, to, to, to help them overcome. It's easy. <laughs> I have no problems in my church. Well, you might not have a real church. Because <laughs> when there's people, there's problems. Relationships are messy. And God calls us to be messy with the relationship. If you're a father, oh, my kids are not acting right. They're all confused. Well, you are anointed to bring order to your household. 
I feel called to the ministry. And your, your kids are going to hell. Our first mission is your family. Don't call for the nations. The nations are at, at your house right now. I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have patience with you. I'm going to say the same thing different, different ways. Uh, repetition is the mother of education. So I'm going to keep repeating myself. God keeps repeating himself to you. So don't get mad if they don't get it the first time. You're not going to get everything in one encounter. It's encounters. It's conversations. It's prayers. It's confessions. It's, it's baptizing your mind again and again and again and again and again and recognize, I missed it. Go back and go get it, get it right. You know, go back and do it right. So, so it's not just a one-time thing. It's ongoing. The grace, not to think of yourself more highly, but to think soberly. Think with, you know, who you are. it brings glory to God when you know who you are. <laughs> Gender-wise, calling-wise, God gets glory and not frustrating that grace. Then you get more specific. We talked about last time, we talked about stick with your anointing. We talked about um, being a witness. So, so become proficient in being a witness. You never witnessed anybody. You never want anybody to Christ. I'm telling you, all believers are called to be witnesses, to be a laborer. When have you been so bold to say, you know, I'm going to risk it all right now. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. If you never talk to me again, you'll never be able to say to the Lord, there was not a witness. I want to tell you that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, that Jesus is the only way. Whether you like it or not, that you need to, be, you need to repent and come to Jesus. He's, his hands are wide open, but if you don't, you'll reap his wrath. Yes, yes. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Even if it means that you'll never talk to me again. You'll never be able to say to the Lord, I didn't know. Because I'm a witness. And he's going to send another witness, witness to you. And another witness. And another witness. What is a witness? A witness is somebody who has saw something. And they're testifying what they saw. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He can do the same for you. He straightened my life out. I got problems, but he is my mediator. He is my high priest. He feels what I feel. He, he's been where I've been, I'm going, what I'm going through. He's given me grace. I can come boldly. I'm, being a Christian has not been perfect. I am perfectly imperfect. But I got the perfect Savior. I got the only Savior. Understanding that and declaring that and sharing that and witnessing that, that brings glory to God. You are doing your job as a Christian. And you have to start with your family. Oh, you know, God, God will use other people to win your family. The devil is a liar, so are you. You can be the main force in your family and declaring the truth. Glory to God. So, so walking with that grace according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned you. So it takes God's grace. It's a gift, but it takes faith to operate in that grace. You got to operate in grace, in the grace that you have by faith. Every time I get up and preach, I have to operate in faith. By faith, I got to open my mouth and share the gospel. And let's continue. Verse 4, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have what the same function. So everybody's not called to the same thing. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. Individually members one of another. I'm not covetous. I'm not, I don't have no ill will in my heart for Apostle Chad Collins. I, I, I mean, that title, I don't want, I mean, if the Lord called me to that, I don't want that title. You know, that, that's a different beast, and that's a different anointing. I don't want to decide a prophet. Now, titles are important. I, I, I know, beloved says untitled, right? I, I get it. Some people are caught up in titles. Uh, but the Lord Jesus had a title. And, and to be a father, that's a title. So I, I think we have made it seem like titles are wrong. 
when, it, when they're done right, it's okay to, to call yourself those things. Pastor Dwayne Wright. I, I'm not ashamed to be a pastor. When I'm on a plane, they say, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And then you get that look. I'm boastful, not in my own strength, but I magnify my office. I'm a teacher pastor. Yep, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm guilty. I'm not ashamed of what the grace that is on me. I may not have a strong administrator gift. Y'all know that. <laughs> but guess what? I know my grace. I know how to function in that calling that God. And I'm here to help you. Part of my calling and my grace is to empower you to do what you're called to do. A good pastor will do that. He will cultivate and strengthen and provide an opportunity for you to operate in that grace to help you to recognize. That doesn't mean that I always have word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Oh, you do this and you do this. And the Lord says this. And the Lord says, no, no, that might happen. That may not happen. <laughs> but sometimes God will give me insight. Other times he just says, will you pray with them? You walk with them. You make sure, help them to not have excuse to not discover the grace. So we, though we many, many, uh, though many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophesy in proportion to our faith, if you have the gift of prophecy, you speak it forth by faith. After I prophesied to that couple, I, um, I end up, I went right to the word. Everybody was rejoicing, no, 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 and I went right to the word. I don't, do, you know, hold on. I remember one time somebody saw me prophesy at a church, and the Lord really used me. I was prophesying to people, and a lot of people were getting healed and stuff, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. So they invited me based on the clip that they saw. I went to the church. I just preached. They were so disappointed. It's like, well, that's not what we saw online. I, I don't turn this on and off. It's the spirit will. And, and, and you just keep preaching the word. You can never go wrong preaching the word. You know, oh, we got to get the spirit. Like the mind of the Christ for the spirit. Oh, that's my time. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hold you too long. Uh, it's okay to stay in church a little longer. Okay, y'all say that now. So five hours later, we'll see who's here. <laughs> who's on the Lord's side? <laughs> Timothy Wright. Uh, so bring an apostle in, and he reads your mail. I don't talk to him about situation or, mem or guess about what's going on in the congregation. He comes in, and he, if he reads your mail, I had nothing to do with it. Are, are you with me? So don't like, oh, I want a pastor who, who's prophetic. You better have a pastor who has a shepherd's heart who can be with you, good, bad, and ugly. That's, the, that's what a pastor does. It's not so much, oh, the prophetic. I remember somebody said, are you, you a prophetic? Do you operate in the prophetic? Yes. Oh, well, you know, I think I want to sell on you, but it is not. If you go to my church, I probably won't do it. But when I go out, it, just, it flows like that. Every member has a different grace and a different gift, and we need to discover that. What is my gift? What is my grace? What is my calling? We think calling, we think pulpit, but calling goes beyond that. God wants to raise some millionaires in this house up to give to the gospel. And when people hear millionaires, they're like, oh, I claim that. Well, if you're not faithful with the tithe and the offerings and, and you're giving now, then you, you're not going to be a millionaire God's way. It starts with that foundation. And, and, and so God raised up men and women who are anointed to make money, but they are quick. They're, they are a distribution center. God flows it through. See, some of us, if he gives us that, we are kicking some for ourselves. Oh, I'm taking 90%. Yeah, the church get 10. <laughs> or, um, um, and it's not limited to our local church. God calls to support other ministries. And so, so that million dollars, may just be going through you, not for you. If he can get it through you, he can get it to you. He's going to take care of you, but you got to take care of his kingdom. Lord, what do you have in mind? What is, your, what is the, interest, the interest of Jesus? What does Jesus have in mind for my life? Let's look at this real quick. Let you go. Um, it says, um, verse 6, heaven gifts that differ according to the grace given to me, purpose-driven purpose -driven grace, 
Let us use them if prophesy in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving. Some people are anointed to serve in the ministry of helps. They, they're just anointed to help. Do you know that we all start in the ministry of helps? And guess who the greatest helper is? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> so if he had, if God, the Holy Spirit, is in the ministry of helps, shouldn't you and I be in the ministry of helps? Amen. Don't look down on help. Some people are anointed to help. Now, helping is not just doing what you like to do, but helping is what is needed. You may be asked to do something that you're not comfortable with. I'm talking about helping. Clarify. Right? And so, say, okay, PD wants me to come and vacuum every Sunday. Well, I'm called to, 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 to preach. Preach to the floor first. I'm, be faithful. And, uh, 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 you know, uh, I, I just, I, just, I, want, I want a title. I, I, I want to be seen. Well, do things in the background. Let, play the background a little bit. You make us sing better than the lead singer, but the Lord didn't call you because what you don't have is the anointing to lead. But you can lead from second chair. You can lead yourself. You can play the guitar. You can be behind the camera being faithful, faithful. That's what the blessing is. That's what the grace is. Yeah, I, I sense call, I'm called to be a pastor. Well, pastor the little kids, pastor the floor. Pastor, um, the social media outlet. Come on. Pastor your family first. <laughs> Proving ground for public ministry. If home is not right, he's not going to set you over his house. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, God calls people to teach. Then he gives them the grace to teach. The one who, who exhorts in his exhortation. The exhorting could, could, could be preaching, proclaiming. There's some better preachers than me, and I thank God for them. They can really proclaim the word. The one who gives or contributes in generosity. The Lord gives you the ability to get wealth, and you just have that grace to give. I know that someone can under they could they can take on the budget for the entire two encounter the encounters with Apostle Chad. So, what, well, Pastor? What's the budget? Oh, I can do that, and whatever extra comes in, we can bless the man of God. God gives you the ability. He doesn't just give you the money so that you can eat off of it. He gives you the money so you can get a blessing. Well, I paid my house off. Now he wants you to pay somebody else's house off. Amen. I paid my car off. I paid my student loans off. Now let me be sensitive to the spirit. So maybe he wants to, what's your student loan status? What if we had a church that paid off people's student loans? Paid off mortgages. Paid off cars. Paid off college tuitions. Come on. Bought somebody, a, 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 buy an apartment complex and put a bunch of homeless people in there, give them some food for a year and do some training to teach them the skills that they need to get a job. Amen. Amen. Come on, think, come on, come on, think with me, dream with me. Let, 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 let us go to the place where our grace is. What has he called us to? What has he graced us for? Amen. Let's, let's finish up real quick. It says, the one who leads with zeal. There's a thing of uh, really in church, and, and it's scriptural, but it's like team ministry. We, we, we're teams. We preach as a team. We, we, uh, we lead as a team. Well, how many know that God doesn't, there's not, usually if you look at church history, there, in, in revival, there's not a group that led into revival. It's usually an individual. And then God surrounds the individual with a team, but it's usually one leader. So, so you got to be careful. I understand that's what they do in the world, and, you know, there's some definitely leadership. There's things to learn, but God uses individuals. You see Moses. He, then he sent people to hold Moses. I'm sure Aaron's like, why are you call? Why can't God speak to me? You heard the complaints. 
<laughs> so you know what happened, too. If you didn't, go read it. <laughs> um, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's some people who have more mercy than others. Blessed are the merciful. They shall be called the children of God. I, I, I can be extremely merciful. You, and I pray that you can be, too. The act of mercy. Somebody once said, uh, and I don't know where this gift came from or this came from, but they were um, talking and they were saying that, um, that I didn't judge people so quickly. I don't know where it came from, but I think it's just a gift. Very merciful. I mean, I, I, I love the underdog. <laughs> I stand up for the underdog all the time. Like, no, let them hang. Don't fire him. Come walk with him. <laughs> all right, my last thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, um, let's go to, real quick, let's go to 1 Peter as I end this. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter I, 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 I trust that you're getting things and the Lord is speaking to you. You know, I, it's so important that you put a demand on the anointing and, and you, you, you use your faith when you're hearing someone proclaim the word because you'll get more out of what I'm saying or out of what that person is saying than they, they're saying. And the Lord will take that and speak to you directly concerning your life. First Peter chapter 4. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Dwayne? How do I put a demand on the anointing? You, you, you expect something. You may have heard the same stories, but you didn't hear it quite like that, the right, that, that way. God, God is speaking to you concerning a situation. God will use, I don't share stories just to share stories. I'm a very private, believe it or not, I'm a very private person. I'm extremely private. But somehow, <laughs> I share a lot of stories. My wife just told me, like, you're sharing too much personal stories. But guess what? I think all pastors do that. <laughs> My bishop, his wife was like, hey, you're talking too much about the family. You talk about you. Courtney said that to me the other day. I was like, whatever. <laughs> so I wrote on my, my, my thing. She got convicted. I wrote on it. Um, stories. Scratch the personal stories. And then get up. It, it prompts, the Lord prompts me to share it. First, Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the end of all things at a hand, therefore be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. So no, you, you do know that we're at the end of days, right? Um, the Lord is at reach. He is near. So you need to exercise some self-control. Uh, verse 8, above all, keep, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. I live that scripture. We got to cover each other. You know some dirt on people, cover them. Spouses, cover your spouse, cover your, your husbands, cover your wives. Wives, cover your husbands. Don't share all the dirt. Love covers the multitude of sins. I'm not going to tell anybody about your dirt. That's between me and you and Jesus. Are you, are you with me? Cover each other. Now, that said, if you're in a counseling situation, you, you need to share, right? That's, but as counselors, as spiritual advisors, we, we, we are bound by the law to keep what you share with us. Did y'all know that? If somebody comes up to me tomorrow and says, I killed somebody, PD, I have to keep that confidentially. That's why people in the mob, <laughs> they go to the priest and they confess, and the priest never says anything. If it deals with a minor, you're going to jail, buddy. But if it's not a minor situation, then I have, by law, I have to keep that confidentiality. I can get sued for sharing something that somebody shared with me in a counseling session. Y'all knew that, right? Yeah. All right, First Peter chapter 4, um, jump down, um, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Oh, boy, they, why do you act about the house? Dang, why do you got to feed the pastor again? He over again. Okay, verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So your gift is for somebody else. Use your gift to serve each other. And it goes on and says, so good, as good stewards of God's very grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks as oracles of God, Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be glo 
belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we see from the scripture there are different graces and gifts that we need to operate. Purpose-driven grace deals with us being driven by the grace that's upon my life, our, our lives. Grace that is on your life can get the money that you need to fulfill the call and the will of God for your life. I believe that there's enough grace on your life that whatever you need, that grace will be responsible of fulfilling itself. God's calling on your life, God's purpose, his anointing is enough to supply everything that you need and then some. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So to seek his kingdom, his job is to provide you for what you need and even give you the desires of your heart. Operate in that grace. How do you find it? Pray. Pray in English, pray in tongues, pray in Spanish, pray whatever language you pray in, pray and then pray in tongues. And God will see to it that it comes to pass. Observe yourself. Do something. One of the um, applications is you got to do something. You can't just sit back and not do anything and expect for God to reveal his grace upon your life. You may have to try several things. How do you know if it's grace? It's effortless. It's, not, it's, it's easy. It's so easy. You can do it with your eyes closed. Now, that said, you may need to grow in that grace. You may be starting out, you may get frustrated in the beginning, but then you just start operating in it a little at a time, a little at a time. Well, I don't know what I'm called to. You know, I, I, it's just a calling. What, what do I do, PD? Well, you do what you know to do. You witness, you come to church, be faithful, read and study your Bible, lead your family, you know, do those things. <clears throat> he is faithful to reveal to you what you don't know if you're faithful to what you do know. So what do you know? You, it's not hard to discover the will of God. The hard part is to do it. It's to do it. What, what, was, the, what was the last thing he told you to do? I tell you, I have people all the time. I'm called to support you financially. The Lord told me to sow this amount of money to you on a monthly basis. And they disappear and never see them again. Usually people, people say, well, Pastor, if you see anything in me, I'll feel free to speak to me. And then when I speak to them about that situation, they're gone. So usually when people tell me that, they don't really mean it. They're like, tell me your opinion, please. You don't want my opinion. You really don't. <laughs> You really don't. Come on, come on, come on. Because I might say something that you're not comfortable with, right? You're like, so you have to be willing to step out your comfort zone. You're not going to discover your grace looking at television or on social media. You're not going to discover that grace doing nothing. You've got to read. you got to exercise something. If people who are anointed to prophesy in the public, they prophesy privately long before they pub prophesy publicly. Y'all do know that, right? <laughs> People who preach, they preach a whole lot privately than they do publicly. So you got to be doing it. Don't, don't seek for public affirmation. Seek for private affirmation from the Father. Become proficient. If you can't prophesy to your children or to your spouse and it don't come to pass, you don't need prophesying. Courtney, you tell you, I prophesied a lot to her. I said, oh, you're going to get your, your, your supervisor's job. Where did it come from? A year or so later, she got the supervisor's job. Now the supervisor is serving her. It happened just like I said. We, one time we needed some money, and we're praying, and we believe in my faith. All of a sudden, I get the word prophecy. And the Lord says, I'm going to meet this need to let you know I'm going to meet the other need. And two weeks, the need came up. The need was met, just like he said. I, I, the word of the Lord, the word, the word of the Lord comes to me often. But everything that comes to me, I don't always share. I, I remember one time I got a word concerning two major ministries. Don't ask me after. I will not tell you. I said, there's judgment on these two ministries. And guess what? And that was 10 years ago. I wrote an email, I told Courtney, and I wrote an email to myself. And guess what? Ten years later, the judgment has just hit one of the major ministries that I said. It doesn't happen publicly all the time. God has started using these gifts privately with your children. I'm telling you, you pray hard enough, God will tell you what's going on with your children. He'll give you inside information. 
Y'all got quiet now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it will operate to on your job, at your house. God is show you inside information, what people are thinking, what they're dreaming, how they feel. I'll give you last story. Francis Chan, he was praying. Oh, no, he was dreaming. He was asleep. And the Lord showed him his neighbor um, was, um, was going to leave his wife and become a homosexual and stand for, uh, for homosexual rights. And he thought of it. He's like, that's a weird dream. And so he's in a, in a garage. He's just, you know, doing stuff. And his neighbor comes over to tell him that he's leaving his wife to be with a man. And, and so he's working. He said, you know, I just had this crazy dream about you last night. Um, and in his dream, I had a dream that you, you were coming over here to tell me that you, you're, you're gay now and you're leaving your wife and your kids and you're going to stand up for homosexual rights. And the guy started crying right then and there. These gifts are here for us. You're not going to need these gifts in heaven. You got to claim now. Operate in that grace. And for every calling and every grace, the gifts of the Spirit will, valid, uh, 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 will val- be valid or will say, uh, what I'm trying to say is the gifts of the Spirit will verify if you call to that office. So if you're a prophet, it's not just prophesying, but you have the strong word of knowledge operating through you. If you are an evangelist, you have signs and wonders in Miracles. Evangelism, evangelist is not someone who just tells people about Jesus. What we call evangelists in the past in church history, they were simply exhorters because there were no miracles. It says Philip the evangelist went down and preached Christ and signs and wonders followed him. So if you're an evangelist, you got some signs and wonders, not just effective at altar calls. Come on. Let me stop there. You need to pray to ask God to reveal the grace that is on your life. So close your eyes now. Father God, I pray by your spirit that you will reveal to each individual the grace and the graces that is upon their lives. And I ask you over the next several days, that by your spirit, reveal to each individual the grace and the graces that you've called them to. Lift up your hands and say, Father God, I receive it now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 324 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.